On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks dropped both games of their weekend back-to-back as they still have not won a regular season meeting in Philadelphia since 1996 and have also now lost 16 of their last 18 meetings with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Then I'll also discuss Kyle Davidson making a couple of front office moves just a few days into his tenure as Blackhawks general manager. And then to wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners live on the show. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, March 7th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of this episode and you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure first to go and follow the podcast. It'll help me out tremendously. A quick click of the button will do me wonders. Uh, go and leave a review if you want to as well. Go and rate the show with five stars. Best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And If you're not already watching the video version of this episode, then definitely be sure to also go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Each and every episode from here on out, folks, is going to have a video attached to it as well up on YouTube. So please, if you haven't done so yet, go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It'll help me out tremendously. I can't even put it into words how much the support would mean to me. Go and turn on those push notifications. Go and smash the like button. And if you go and subscribe right now, then you will be able to know exactly when the episode is posted to YouTube every day. All right, what's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your week. To open things up here this afternoon, let's get into a quick recap of the Blackhawks' back-to-back losses over the weekend to the Philadelphia Flyers and Tampa Bay Lightning. But before I get into all the good stuff here today, folks, I got to remind you all that today's episode is sponsored by Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games in 2022. Bet Online, where the game begins. All right, starting off with the first of the Hawks' two losses over the weekend coming in Philadelphia on Saturday afternoon. This was a nice 2 p.m. Central Time puck drop on ABC, a televised, nationally televised game for whatever reason between two dumpster fire teams. Um, But really, in both of the Blackhawks outings this weekend, uh, they just continue to show that they're not capable of putting together a complete, consistent 60 minute effort from start to finish. In the first game against the Flyers, um, the Hawks got off to a super slow start in the first period. They were really sloppy out of the gate. Uh, And offensively, they really didn't have anything going on until maybe uh, the final few minutes of the period. And of course, the Flyers 
went on to score that uh, ever-crucial first goal of the game as Oscar Lindblom kicked off the scoring to put the Flyers ahead one to nothing. And over the course of the season, folks, the Hawks have only won four games in which they did not score the opening goal. So um, right there and then by allowing uh, Lindblom to pot the opening goal of the game, that basically uh, slashed their odds of coming back to win. Um, But I thought they did respond very well in that second period after uh, a slow start. And actually, all three goals that they scored in this game came in the second period. The first one was just 24 seconds in as uh, Jonathan Taves wins an offensive zone faceoff, which he was really good at throughout this game on Saturday. He won a ton of offensive zone draws to set up uh, opportunities for the Blackhawks in the offensive zone. But on this one in particular, he wins a draw back to DeBrinket, and then he just picks one for his 31st goal of the season. That tied the game 1-1 to early on in the second period. That was also good for Taze's first point since returning from concussion protocol. Uh, and then actually kind of eerily similar to the goal that he scored last night, uh, Patty Kane set up Alex DeBrinket for a one-timer backdoor to vault the Blackhawks ahead 2-1 to near the middle part of the second period. Cam Atkinson did go on to tie the game 2-2 two to two after a beautiful passing play f- uh, from the Flyers, but the Hawks regained their lead late as Strom scored his second of the game and of the period. Just a nifty maneuver by Stromer to pick up a loose puck, scoop it, and then go top shelf past Martin Jones uh, to put the Blackhawks ahead 3-2. to two. That was Strom's 11th tuck of the season, continuing to make the most of his opportunities up on the top line for this team. Um, I know there are a lot of trade rumors going on uh, surrounding Dylan Strom right now, but damn, he has been really good these past few months. And I actually, happy 25th birthday to Dylan Strom as well. Um, Stromer turns 25 here today. But I did some research on Strom in his last 30 games since, as I said, really getting an opportunity inside the Blackhawks' top six, mostly on that top line with Patrick Kane. Uh, But in his last 30 games, the now 25-year-old Strom has tallied 11 goals and 12 assists for 23 points. So he's been damn near a point-per-game player for the Blackhawks these past few months. So kind of in between a rock and a hard place for the front office on what to do with Dylan Strom. He's certainly been making the most of his opportunities here uh, and had another big game on Saturday against the Flyers, potting two goals in the second period. So that put the Blackhawks ahead 3-2 to two going into the second intermission, uh, but the inconsistency and in, in those uh, woes not being able to put together a complete game, that really came back to bite the Blackhawks in the butt during this third period. Just a few minutes in, Derek Broussard tied the game 3-3 three to three after kind of a sloppy play in transition by the Blackhawks defense. And then what went on to be the game winner really was a backbreaker for the Blackhawks and goaltender Kevin Lankinen, who, as expected, did get the start in the front half of this back-to-back on Saturday. Cam Atkinson walks the puck into the offensive zone, and then from pretty far out near the blue line, he was able to snipe one past Lankinen. Lanks was kind of screened by one of his defensemen, but from so far out, that's undoubtedly one that he would like to have back, especially knowing what we do now is that wound up being the game winner. Um, so a, a tough third period by the Blackhawks overall. They allow two goals in the early going, give the Flyers the lead right back. Uh, and the Hawks only mustered up a whopping seven shots on goal in the final 20 minutes of this one. 
Uh, Philadelphia holds on for the victory. The losing streak in Philadelphia continues for the Blackhawks. No regular season wins for Chicago in Philadelphia since way back in 1996, before I was even born, folks. Um, Unfortunately, Hawks couldn't get the job done. This seemed as good a time as ever to put this skid to a halt in Philly, Um, but the Blackhawks looked entirely too flat in the third period and wind up falling 4-3 to to the Flyers on Saturday afternoon. Then in the game on Sunday, the only difference for the Blackhawks in their lineup was Marc-Andre Fleury was in net instead of Kevin Lankinen, as expected. Seemed like a pretty good game plan there by Derek King, giving Lankinen uh, the bottom feeder flyers on Saturday, setting up Flurry to be back in net against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Lightning on Sunday. Um, but another just roller coaster ride of emotions out of the Chicago Blackhawks last night because the first period, I mean, right out of the gate, the Blackhawks were right there. And in fact, they were probably the better team against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Lightning. They actually took a one nothing lead uh, heading into the intermission as Dylan Strom, of course, stayed red hot with his third goal in the past two games. As I already mentioned, a very similar goal to the second one that he scored on Saturday against the Flyers. Um, that was That wound up being the only goal of the period out of the Blackhawks, but this really could have been three or four to nothing had it not been for Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, my oh my, this dude is just on a completely different level. Absolutely robbed Kirby Doc of a wide open net, getting the knob of his stick on the puck to uh, deflect it wide. Blackhawks also hit the post a couple of times in this first, first period as well. Kane and Debrinkit each hit the post like two seconds apart. I still have no idea how that puck didn't find the back of the net. Um, but for the Blackhawks, I think, um, I think only scoring one goal out of that first period when they had all the momentum on their side, uh, that's something that they probably wound, wound up regretting as the game went on, because as play continued, Tampa Bay started to get better and better and better. They didn't look like the team that came out, uh, that came out on the ice for that first period. As I said, the Blackhawks really could have been up three or four to nothing with the way that they played in the opening 20 minutes. Uh, but even after the first period, I thought the Hawks still pieced together a, a pretty strong second frame as well. Tampa Bay did get on the board to tie it up just over a minute in as a Taylor Radish had an absolutely insane no-look backhander that squeaked past Flurry. That tied the game one-to-one. Um, but Patty Kane would shortly after, go on to regain the lead for the Blackhawks, picking top corner to stay red hot. Kaner, I mean, he wasn't finding the back of the net at all for the first three or four months of the season, and now it's like each and every game he's starting to score goals. So good to see Kaner consistently putting the puck in the back of the net more and a beautiful one to put the Blackhawks ahead 2-1 to one early on in the second period. What really killed the Blackhawks, though, I think, uh, last night was when they gave up two goals in a minute 31 to allow Tampa Bay to jump ahead for the first time. Right after the Blackhawks killed off a penalty, Alex Dabrinkit was in the box for tripping. Uh, Literally seconds after the penalty expired, Stamkos sets up Hedman for an absolute clap bomb to tie the score two to two. Uh, And then just over a minute later, Cal Foote put um, the lightning up three to two, put the puck into a yawning cage uh, after taking advantage of of some... uh, Sloppy defensive play by the Blackhawks, a breakdown in coverage, giving uh, letting 
Cal Foot get wide open to scoop up the rebound. And that sequence really, I thought, is what heavily swung momentum back in Tampa Bay's favor after the Blackhawks had such a strong start. They really continued it on through the second period. But those minute breakdowns is really what proved to be the backbreaker for Chicago. More so in the third period, though, than the second. But that's kind of when things, when momentum began to switch to Tampa Bay sides. But this still was just a 3-2 to two game heading into the second period. But uh, then in the third, the real lightning came out to play, not the phony team that we saw in the opening 30 minutes or so. Three goals in 32 seconds surrendered by the Blackhawks. That's the fastest time that they've allowed three goals in franchise history. It was bang, bang, boom. All of a sudden, this was a 6-2 to game literally in the blink of an eye. Uh, the game got out of reach for the Blackhawks. I mean, absolutely horrendous defensive sequence there. Riley Stillman and Jake McCabe completely forgot how to play hockey. The Blackhawks were getting completely worked in the offensive in the uh, in their defensive zone in Tampa Bay's offensive zone. The Lightning were cycling with ease. They'd have like two or three minute sequences just moving the puck in the offensive zone. It, it really got ugly there in the third. Uh, Alex DeBrinket did go on to add a late goal to make things a little bit interesting, 6-3. to three. Uh, It's also his 32nd goal of the season, by the way, but the Hawks came up short in the third period despite playing a really good game through the opening 40 minutes. Super frustrating. And as I said, the roller coaster ride of a season continues. The Blackhawks lose 6-3 to three to the Lightning at the United Center on Sunday afternoon, and that now makes 16 losses for the Blackhawks in their 18 meetings with the Lightning since taking home the 2015 Stanley Cup. All right, there are some thoughts on the Blackhawks' pair of losses this weekend to Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. Coming up in just a moment, I am also going to get into the couple of moves that Kyle Davidson made recently, just a few days into his tenure as general manager. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product which is one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start off your day. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a uh, a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them $100 per day, but now Athletic Greens was made because of experience, knowing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. AG1 costs you less than $3 per day, which is such a cheap way to invest in your health and body. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network right now. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment two today, I also had to be sure to discuss for a couple of moments The front office moves that new GM Kyle Davidson made to wrap up last week. On Friday afternoon, an announcement came from TSN's Elliot Friedman, which stated that VP of Amateur Scouting Mark Kelly and 
assistant general manager Ryan Stewart. Both were let go by the Blackhawks organization after both of which had been here for the past 15 years, including for all three Stanley Cup championships. So pretty big shakeup here from Davidson, not into not even a week into becoming uh, the permanent general manager. I think that kind of just signifies the plentiful changes that are going to going to be made while he's at the helm of this front office. Uh, to be honest, I really am not all that familiar with Stewart. I know he was in charge of um, pro evaluation for the Blackhawks, which seems like there's been some issues there for the last handful of years. Uh, but for Mark Kelly, he was in charge of a lot of uh, the young prospect scouting for the Blackhawks organization for quite some time and helped the organization draft players like, you know, Tavo Teravainen, uh, Alex DeBrinket, Lucas Reichel, among several others. Um, although one thing I will say about the Blackhawks uh, mindset at the NHL draft, it's been, it's been, ra- it's been a rather interesting approach for quite some time now, I feel like, because uh, from 2016 to 2018, there was like this obsession from Kelly and the scouting department on drafting undersized defensemen. You know, Henry Yoki Haru, Adam Boquist, Nicholas Bodan, Ian Mitchell, even Chad Chris was a second round pick under Kelly. Uh, the list goes on and on for that type of player, an offensive minded, undersized defenseman. The Blackhawks took a ton of them. And, you know, while those players are, are still very young, have a long way to go and all have flashed some offensive potential at the NHL, except for Chad Chris, um, for being taken in the first two rounds of the NHL draft, none of them really show true potential of being a number one defenseman one day down the road for a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, again, we're, we're still early into all of those players' careers, but if I had to guess, I don't think any of them are going to be a true number one defenseman one day. And that kind of mindset really put the Blackhawks in a rut, you know, Um, in a time where they needed to be replenishing their blue line. They didn't do a very good job of doing that. Uh, And then after going through that three or four year path where they wanted to take all these undersized defensemen in the last few years, Hawks have gone with the exact opposite mentality. Since 2019, they've really been focused on taking a ton of big bodies on the back end. Uh, They got Nolan Allen, obviously, reached for him in the first round of last year's draft. Isaac Phillips is another big defenseman they like. Um, Ethan Del Mastro, too, who's the captain of the Mississauga Steelheads in the OHL and Quick Plug, was interviewed by yours truly right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. But That's the way they've gone about it recently, a complete change in mentality. Um, And still, with either method, going with smaller defensemen or larger defensemen, the Hawks still don't have the most talented prospect pool on defense. Uh, They do have a lot of bodies there, but none of them still have the highest of ceilings. So um, that's kind of really put the Blackhawks not only in a hole, on their blue line. They don't have the highest ceilings out of all the players they've invested on the back end. And that's also kind of left the forward group unaccounted for as well with no real legitimate NHL prospects other than Lucas Reichel. So for the most part, overall, the drafting process by the Blackhawks, it's been a little bit odd and uh, hasn't been great to say the least for the last couple of years now. So I do understand why 
Davidson decided to uh, make a change in this department as well. And we've even heard him say it himself that um, the Blackhawks, not only do they need to get, not, not only do they need to do a better job of identifying talent and drafting a little bit better, uh, but they also need to do a better job at developing those pieces more and more going forward. Like when's the last real player other than Brandon Hagel, and he wasn't even in Rockford for a while. Who's the last player that the Blackhawks really developed out of Rockford that's made a full-time impact on their roster, right? That doesn't seem to happen. So um, it, it's been a problem for the Blackhawks for quite some time now as well. Um, and it sure sounds like Davidson uh, has immediately recognized that and, you know, wants to make some changes as soon as possible. And probably a couple of overdue ones here for the front office, if I'm being honest. Uh, nothing against Stewart or Kelly, but it's just undoubtedly time for a shakeup uh, in all ways, shape, or form with uh, the way this organization is moving. So you're not going to see me complaining about this decision by Davidson about letting go uh, Kelly and Stewart. They've both been here for. 15 plus year had been here for 15 plus years I should say um maybe it was just getting a little stale it clearly hasn't been working for quite some time now the drafting process has been odd uh the pro scouting hasn't been the best we haven't done the best job of bringing in pieces to come and help the team um so you're not going to hear me complaining about those decisions I think it's time to move forward and I'm really interested to see uh who Davidson is going to put in their places uh in the future but by the way one thing I didn't I did want to add is that Mike Donahue, who's been involved with the scouting department since way back in 2009, he'll now oversee the amateur scouting on an interim basis, while all the professional scouts will be reporting directly to Davidson himself. And we've also heard Davidson say that he's going to be heavily involved in this department in particular in the scouting. He believes he has a good scouting mind. He grew up watching a ton of junior hockey in the OHL. Uh, so it sure sounds like he's going to be heavily involved in that aspect going forward. And Davidson, during his introductory presser, he said he wants to be judged on his moves and his moves alone. He doesn't want to have any ties to Stan Bowman. These are his first couple of big moves. Um, letting go longtime front office employees, Ryan Stewart and Mark Kelly, after 15 years with the Blackhawks organization. Change is coming, folks. And a, a big first couple of moves were made by Davidson last Friday to switch things up in the front office. All right, there are some thoughts on Kyle Davidson's first couple of moves as general manager. Coming up in just a minute, it's time to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. Football season may be over, but Bet Online still has way more odds and info for both pro and college hoops as things begin to ramp up. From game scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. And it's not just basketball. From the NHL, UFC, and boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. I also need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. 
It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or even eating healthier, then make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because right now you can get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. Delicious and healthy. And so many flavors, tasty flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Are you going to go with raspberry or mint brownie? Coconut almond or double chocolate? Cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? These are real protein bar flavors, folks. They're all tremendously tasty, all less than 200 calories as well. So either way that you choose, Built Bar is going to make it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good, you'll actually want to eat them. Unlike some other protein bars, which can be chalky, dry, waxy, or even just taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKED15, one word LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to Locked On Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three today, before I finish things up here to start off the week, I still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. The first question I wanted to answer today comes from Mike underscore Wilson 11 on Twitter, who asked, is it inevitable that Hagel or Strom get traded before the deadline now that the Hawks know Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't want to be traded? I wanted to wait until Mailbag Monday to get into all of the latest Flurry rumors. I did see this question a little early, so I figured now would be the time to talk about the latest updates on Marc-Andre Fleury. So over the weekend, late on Saturday night, as some of you may already know, Steve Simmons, who is a Toronto news reporter, I believe I'm still not vi- entirely sure on his background, but he tweeted out that a source told him that Marc-Andre Fleury had spoken with the Blackhawks organization and had said that he does not want to be traded before the deadline on March 21st and would like to remain in Chicago. And of course, that's big news because Fleury is probably the Blackhawks biggest, not probably, he is the Blackhawks biggest trade chip heading into the deadline. He's Unless they put together an enticing enough package, Flurry is their best chance of getting back into the first round. So if he doesn't want to be traded and the Blackhawks kind of just got to sit on his contract for the remainder of the year, that's really going to hurt them because they could definitely use the assets that they could net in return for him moving forward through this rebuild. But interestingly enough, our boy Steve Simmons doesn't seem to be all that accurate with his news because literally yesterday morning, Sunday morning, less than 24 hours after his initial report. He stated that he had another source tell him that Fleury still could be traded. Everything's back up in the air. No one knows anything. So it sounds like everything is still on the table regarding Marc-Andre Fleury's future. We don't know if he is going to be traded or not. Um, We'll probably have more news on this as the deadline approaches more and more. But uh, at the moment, not sure at all what Mark Andre Fleury wants at this point. So, um, with that being the status of Fleury at the moment, um, I don't know if that has an effect on Hagel or Strom necessarily. Uh, Hagel obviously has been rumored 
to uh, the Blackhawks have been rumored to be offered a first round pick and a prospect as well for Brandon Hagel. And assuming Mark, let's just assume that Mark Andre Fleury does want to stay here in Chicago. That that would be interesting to see if that changes the Blackhawks' minds. And when that report first came out, a first and a prospect for Hagel. I mean, I was like, that's pretty tough not to take if you're the Blackhawks. So maybe that changes things a little bit. Obviously, when the first round pick is uh, and what the prospect is is going to determine a lot of things. But um, if the Blackhawks can't trade Mark Andre Fleury, I, I would be interested to see if that makes them makes Hagel a little bit more available because they need to get back in the first round and look this is going to be a full-blown rebuild there's no secrets here this is going to take probably three to five years if I had to imagine until the Blackhawks are playing competitive hockey once again and with Brandon Hagel you know obviously he's progressed incredibly well over the course of the season so far but is he going to be a top six piece in the future when the Blackhawks want to be contending again. Is he good enough for that? We don't know. He's still young in his career, but I would have a little bit of doubts about that. Hagel does seem more like a glue guy on a really good team, and considering the position the Blackhawks are in, they don't really have a need for glue guys. They need cornerstones, and if you have a chance to get that in a first-round pick, I'd have a hard time saying no, assuming the prospect is high-level as well. That's a pretty darn good combination. So. Uh, yeah, I'm interested, too, to see how that Hagel situation is going to be impacted by Marc-Andre Fleury's status. Uh, as for Dylan Strom, he's not going to be, the Blackhawks are not going to get a first-round pick for him, or maybe not even a second, to be honest. So I don't think he's going to have that much of an impact on the situation. Uh, but if Fleury doesn't want to go anywhere, I do think that could make things a little more interesting for Brandon Hagel's status moving forward. The second question I wanted to answer today comes from at Sloan Cole on Twitter who asked, how long do you how long do you think it will take for the Blackhawks to get back to being a relatively good team? Uh, I mean, you know, this is just my best guess here. No one knows this for sure. Um, but like I said a moment ago, I think three to five years. Um, there are some pieces here, of course, assuming Alex DeBrinkett's going to stay. Uh, Lucas Reichel becomes a very good player. Seth Jones, I do believe. Even on a terrible Blackhawks team right now, he's having a pretty darn good season. You go and look at his analytics. I think he's a bad passer, and he's not the greatest at getting out of the defensive zone, but his ability to carry the puck up the ice, uh, enter the offensive zone with some speed, to use his size all around, um, I think he's going to be a pretty good weapon for the Blackhawks moving forward as well. So they do have some pieces here, but it's not enough, right? So that kind of makes me believe this is more so going to be a four to five year plan for the Blackhawks. But hey, look, if, man, this sounds so crazy, but if 2026 rolls around and the Blackhawks are competing again, then Kyle Davidson did his job well. I know that seems like so far ahead in the future, but I'm sick of staying in limbo. And I think a lot of Blackhawks fans are too. So Davidson has spoken about how patient the organization is going to be moving forward. I don't expect that mindset to change. And I do think this is probably going to be a four or five year plan for the Blackhawks until they're back to where they want to be. Hopefully the third and final question I wanted to answer today comes from uh, 13 underscore Mysterio on Twitter who asked, this is a stupid question that I already know the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyway. All righty. What are some of the fans going to get to the point of realizing that they can't trade the entire team like they are demanding. If you trade everyone, if you trade everyone of value, what are you going to have left? 
Well, to be honest, the Blackhawks don't have a whole lot of value here. Um, so getting rid of that for potential future value, it's hard to argue that that's not the correct path for the Blackhawks to take. And listen, no, not everyone's going to get traded, especially uh, with the COVID cap situation. I don't think that's going to happen. I think, you know, Calvin DeHaan's going to get moved, expiring contract. I think Ryan Carpenter's going to get moved, expiring contract. And then, you know, Flurry, depending on his situation, the Blackhawks, I'm sure, would want to trade him, but they are going to respect his wishes. Um, but other than that, I think, you know, maybe Kubalik gets moved or Strom or maybe even Hagel, but I only think uh, two or three more pieces are probably going to get moved at least before the trade deadline. Um, but undoubtedly, the Blackhawks got to do their best to get some mid to high round picks. And if you got to give up the players you have right now, that aren't named, you know, Alex Abrinkit and don't have full no movement clauses, then I think you got to be open to it. No one is untouchable. You got to be taking calls on everyone to see what you can get. Because like I said, this is a four to five year plan. Like, look, even Alex Dabrinkit, I'll make a case. I don't want the Blackhawks to trade him, but I'll make a case for trading him. Alex Dabrinkit's 24, moving on 25. And if it does take four to five years to get back to where we want to be, he's going to be what, 30 years old? Now, that still could be the prime of his career, but when you could get the bag for Debrinket, there is a little bit of a case there. I'm not going that way, but I understand it. And that's why you got to be taking calls on everyone who doesn't have a no movement clause right now, because you got to be thinking about future value. And even right now, there's not a whole lot of value. The Blackhawks have lost, what, 37 of 57 games this season? It's clearly not working. So while they may not be trading as many people as some folks think, um, I think they're going to be aggressive. They're going to be taking calls. Kyle Davidson has shown uh, and said, that really no one's untouchable. So I think that's the right move by the Blackhawks. Um, and if you trade everyone that we have with some value, hopefully it's going to be worth more going forward. That's what we call an investment. That's what the Blackhawks got to do. They got to invest full-blown in their future throughout this rebuilding process. Uh, and it sure sounds like Kyle Davidson is going to be uh, sticking to just that method uh, for the next few years as the Blackhawks general manager. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, March 7th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcasts as hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.